Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Rodcast with me, Paul Johnson. I hope you're good. I hope you're well. My God. Well, autumn's let us know it's here now, hasn't it? I woke up this morning and the wind was blowing and the rain was squally everywhere. All the bushes and trees waving around like billio. And uh, it's about 10 degrees colder. That's what it feels like to me anyway, down here on the Kent coast. Um, so that could be the end of it. It could be autumn well and truly now. Now, if you're lucky enough to get any fuel um, and any petrol or diesel, you might get a chance to go out fishing. Let's hope you can get some. On this week's edition of the Rodcast, we're going to be talking in the species section about our dreaded whiting. Yes, it's autumn. Here they come. The whiting turn up on our beaches around the UK. Everywhere, every cast, whiting. You love them or you hate them, but we're going to be talking about them in our species section and in the Tackle on Test feature as we draw our attention to the autumn and winter nights when we start fishing up the beach for those big cod and those more chunky and whiting. We want to see the top of our rods. We're talking tip lights, the ones that go on top of your rod. There's loads of them about. Some are rubbish, some are good. I've got two that I went out and tested, including my old faithful, quite simply, the tip light. And we'll be talking about that in our tackle on test feature. So welcome along, one and all, to the Rodcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Well now, as autumn well and truly knocks on the door, we're going to look at some tip lights today in our Tackle on Test feature. I love a tip light, I, probably because I'm half blind, I don't know, but I love to see what's going on on the top of my rod. You know, a lot of people shine torches on it, a lot of people when they're night fishing, of course, have tilly lamps and LED lamps and all sorts of different configurations of light so that they can see the top of their rod. Some use a bell, a little peg with a bell on it, so when it knocks, you know, you know you've got a bite trouble with that is on a windy night it's going to be bouncing around even with the stiffest of rods and it's going to be bouncing and it's going to be ringing and you're going to be wondering whether you've got to buy it all night which is no good is it you want to see a rod go when you get a fish on it and whether that be a little rattle from a dab or a sole or a whacking great big tug from a big lunker of a cod he says hopefully but as we go into the dark winter nights or dark autumn nights i should say we're going to be looking at the tip lights now there's loads of these on the market really but i've used one for many many years which is simply just called 
the tip light and they're widely available in all the tackle shops that you visit tell you about that one a little bit later but at the moment we're going to look at the delta tip light this is a tip light which is an oval shaped tip light come in various colors and a lot of people say this is the best one and delta have improved the design over the original with a defused lens for all-round brighter performance and um, very compact and very neat so they say quite a lot of reviews on this one um, it seems to be a good tip light to use so I brought one of these and I strapped it to the top of my rod now when I say strapped it to the top of rod you can get these whipped on most tip lights come with like a little slider which you tape to the top of your rod usually just between your top eye of your rod and the second one down and um, so you know when the rod's tipping if you put it any lower down it gives you a false reading really you want to put these tip lights between the top eye of your rod and the second one down i like it personally right behind the top eye and because i'm a fixed ball user in main i can put this on top of the rod so with the eye pointing down i can then uh, strap the little slider which the light slides onto and um, to the top of the rod and then i can slide it on with these tip lights it's important to remember to get it on the right way because when i first brought one of these i learned the hard way many years ago when they first came out i put it on and i put the slider on the wrong way and i cast it and i rapidly saw my tip light disappear into the surf because when i cast the rod it just threw the thing off and out it went never did see it again very sad but a four quid a time and especially with the delta um these are around about um £4.99 to £5.20-ish. Um, so, you know, you don't want to be losing them, really, at all, because uh, obviously that's not a, not a good situation, is it? So make sure you put the, the tip rod light on the right way. You'll see it because it's shaped, and you'll have a slightly wider end to, to match your rod and a slightly tapered end. You make sure you put it on so that you slide the actual light so on from the bottom so it slides up so you know whenever you cast looking at the forward motion of your rod that tip light's never going to slip anywhere but to be safe personally what i tend to do is tape it round the light as well i get some really good gaffer tape some really good duct tape of some sort or even insulation tape but a really quite a strong tape is what you need a lot of anglers will actually whip these things on which is a good thing personally it's a good idea i think because i use them all the time so it doesn't really affect your daytime fishing if you've got your little slider track actually taped onto the top of your rod because your line doesn't hit it when you cast and you haven't got the light slid onto that usually they're about an inch long if that around about half to three quarters of an inch round so they're not really huge don't really notice these when you're casting it's not as if you're you know you're carrying a torch on the top of your rod uh, they're very light and very slim line and as i say the delta one i got in particular was a blue one and they do them in red and i've always had red lights to be honest i prefer the red light rather than the blues but again that's personal choice these run off of two little watch batteries the sort of batteries you get um, that are really about half an inch round by about eighth of an inch thick um you get them in the supermarkets and they run quite well on them for hours and hours there's usually two so what happens with these is you put the two watch batteries in and you turn the back of the rod tip light and that basically connects the two batteries and you can screw it down a bit harder and that light comes on turn it the other way and it doesn't come out of the back of your light but it just releases the pressure so that uh, you can then switch it off because you don't want to waste your batteries obviously the delta one is okay can be a bit fiddly the 
bit that you turn I found with this was a little bit narrow for me the tip lights I use which I'll tell you about in a minute have got a slightly taller twister on the back so you can get your fingernails on it to give it a twist the delta really for me was a little bit small you have to have quite nimble fingers and if you're trying to turn that on in the cold and the wet it's a bit annoying you have to try to turn it on and it uh, but it, it goes on it's not a huge problem uh, very bright I must say when I put this on I taped it to the top of my uh, 13 foot beach cast that I use nice quite a narrow tip on my beach caster the actual guide fitted very well on that i must say um sculptured almost to it which was good about the delta some of the cheaper ones you buy they're not that tapered and they're not that arched so they don't go on your rod quite so well the, you gotta remember rods around aren't they so you really want that arch of the track to be mirroring uh, to fit comfortably on your rod and a lot of times you have to slide it up and down slightly so it feels better because obviously your rod's tapered and you need to just slide it up and down between the top eye and the second eye down to find the right place with the uh, delta it's sort of found its own way sort of halfway between the second eye down and my top eye and that's where it felt secure um, so I taped it on there switched it on and yeah very nice blue light very easy to see quite a firm light because a lot of the cheaper ones as well in the wind if they blow about they flash on and off which is really infuriating as well you want a light to be on solidly a solid block of light so you can see the top of your rod at all times and most importantly you want one that's going to last you all night some that you buy um, with the cheaper batteries in sometimes you know you have a nighttime fishing session and three or four hours in your lights already be getting dim and there's nothing worse than a dim light on the top of your rod some people live with it and um, start shining their torch but that defeats the object for me really if you're gonna have a tip light it should be glowing all night long most of these tip lights use the same watch battery so they're quite easy to replace them I always carry a spare couple of batteries in my tackle box as well I leave mine on personally um, even I don't even bother taking it off because I tape mine on so as I do quite a lot of night fishing once I put that little guide on and I've slid the light mechanism up into that i tape it round and i tend to run a bit of tape around the bottom of the light as well and in some cases in the winter over the top of the light as well i take tape over the top of that and back under my rod and i find that really does secure it on nicely and leaves the end of the light just enough so you can see the triangular shaped light as it shines through the night but that's the delta um it's okay uh, retails about between four four ninety to five fifty you can get them online the delta rod light uh, in several colors always good to have a couple of these in your tackle box now the other one i want to talk about is um one that i've found most useful over the years one of the ones i really do recommend quite highly now there's quite a lot of these on the market some have got bells on and a light you know with a little battery in it they're not bad uh, enterprise do one which is like a glow stick effect which clips on uh, to your rod tip as well not use them personally um, but anything with a glow stick I, I find they fade anything that's not battery operated in my mind tend to annoy me because they start fading the enterprise ones a lot of people use them for fresh water this is a little bit easier to see if you're on a lake or by the river um, but for sea fishing certainly I would look at getting the ones which go on the top of your rod and you tape them on the one I always get which is now up to mark four called the tip light it's simple it's called the tip light I've had loads of these over the years they're about five quid and they're available in most tackle shops will always always be supplying 
the tip light. The reason I like this is the guides are a little bit deeper. A lot of them tend to be a bit shallow, but this really has nice deep slider, so you can slide it in. Also, the shape of this is slightly more cylindrical, um, which I really like as well. I think that uh, a lot of them tend to be a bit sort of almost triangular shaped in their uh, in their shape, which is a bit annoying. But this tends to have a really nice cylindrical feel to it, and the bulb bit actually extends a little bit as well. So what I was saying earlier, I like to wrap these round, and I can wrap a bit of tape right over the top of the tip light that I get, and that doesn't affect the light at all, because most of the light on this tip light is in the front quarter of the actual light. Where the batteries are, there's no light, and at the back, the turner which switches it on and off is thicker, and it's um, a lot more strong, it feels, on these tip lights. Apparently, it's the best-selling tip light available, and I, I would kind of agree with that. And as I say, this tapes onto your rod, and it comes with batteries, most of them do. This tip light, they have a duration of between 200 and 500 hours. They do them in red, and they do them in blue. I always plump for the red ones, and the Mark IV, I've got to say, really does last a long time. I've had a Mark IV on mine for two years now that's a lot of fishing and a lot of night fishing and i haven't even changed the batteries yet what does happen with them over the years if you have them more than two or three years is the actual connectors get a bit loose so with the bit where you turn it becomes a little bit finicky so sometimes you you turn it off you're driving home in your car and you look around and the lights come on spooky um but that's just because the vibration of your gun along the road shaking the light slightly and it's connected again but other than that the tip light for me definitely the mark four really do work well and i as i say i take mine on and i leave it on when i need a light at night i just switch it on even on sometimes when i'm fishing on really dark overcast days i'll turn it on as well just makes looking at the rod tip a lot easier on your eyes and also with the tip light one the sliders tend to be bright orange which just adds to the luminosity of the top of your rod if you like uh, a lot of the others are black or just transparent um, but the actual sliders on these are orange and they supply two so the good thing about the tip light is you do get an extra slider in the packet as well so if you lose one you've always got a spare one to use and i find they're sculptured quite well as well these they have a nice arch to them and they sit in my case with my rods both my rods really tight behind the top eye which is good that seems to be with the tip light mark 4 anyway the the closest that you can get to it and i like the tip light to be right up the top just above my top eye of my rod again they use watch batteries and as i say tip lights for me the best uh, i've had mine years now and i'll tell you a little story about the tip light um, when we first started using these i think it was about the mark 2 uh, we was fishing on the river medway and a mate of mine uh, put his tip light on which he just brought that day because uh, i had them and he was copying me like he does sorry pete if you're listening uh love you to bits but yeah he copied me he put a tip light on now the thing is he's actually dropped off he didn't tape it on properly and it dropped off as the tide was coming up the wall when we was fishing on the river medway and it was hilarious because we saw this red light slowly disappear down into the water getting fainter and fainter and he was so annoyed that he'd lost his tip light he was cursing all night because it cost him a fiver uh, i said well you won't see that again mate that'll be that'll be out in the estuary by the time the, the tide comes in he said no it won't i'm gonna wait for low tide and i'm gonna go down and get it i said well good luck with that one you've got to climb down a wall and then you've got to walk along the mud and see if you can pick up your tip light if indeed it's still there i said it's more likely to be out um in the thames estuary by now or out by essex but uh and the moral of the story is don't give up because the tide did go down that night and as the water dropped down we started to see this red glowing light appear and as the tide dropped down even more it exposed his tip light still burning brightly at the bottom of the river medway just about three foot from the actual wall we was fishing off of that is how good 
tip lights are it must have been in the water about four hours and it was still burning bright he climbed down uh, in the mud got his tip light washed it off put it back on and carried on fishing and that's why i always use the tip light the classic tip light <laughs> so there you go a little story for you but they are good um i would always highly recommend get one um because they really are good i love them because i'm half blind as i say and i like to see the top of the rod so that's your tackle on test for this week tip lights go get them have a nice easy night fish see what the top of your rod is doing Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, a brand new podcast bringing together people's real ghost, extraterrestrial and paranormal stories, as well as getting some inside details from those who study the supernatural. I'll be listening through your paranormal stories every week and try to understand them, as well as chatting about my own encounters with an occasional paranormal investigator too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts from, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast. Just search for Paranormal Activity with Yvette Fielding. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, it's our species section of the broadcast this week, in this blustery week that we're having, autumn firmly upon us i think now have you noticed the trees all changing colors yet oh god it's a sign isn't it 
it's a sign of winter coming and the nights are really drawing in now aren't they craziness but being a crazy world that we live in it wasn't up until about a week or two ago that we were still catching mackerel especially around Folkestone and around those areas and Herne Bay uh, Margate there was mackerel coming in and definitely sort of mackerel as always coming in off of Burton Bradstock and Chesil Beach and all around southern Britain there and down to the south and the southwest of course lots of mackerel being caught so that's usually gone by now but Indian summer that we had kind of kept the water quite clear and kept quite a lot of mackerel but the wind came really strong uh, in the last few days and the temperature has dropped down with some cold fronts coming in so so we're going to move on now now we're getting into the autumn and start to talk about those dreaded whiting and I can hear as I speak, everybody cringing. Oh, no, not whiting. Ah, uh, they are the bane of a lot of anglers' life because they come in in huge numbers, usually from late September, early October, and they're so small, they don't really start fattening up till November, and that's when you get some of the bigger whiting. But in all, they come in, they pinch your bait, every single cast. If you've got two hooks on, you've got lug and squid on, hoping to find an early codling or a bass all you get is whiting 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 hundreds and hundreds of them invade our shores and the problem with whiting is they don't actually allow other fish like your bass and any early spring cod and your dabs and your sole that may still be around much chance to actually feed because they just come in big shoals and pinch all the worms it's incredible and all the little bits of fish that are around and they're not the prettiest fish in the world but they are a member of the cod family if you like and in many parts of the uk known as the poor man's cod the scientific name for these pests <laughs> i say pests there's two camps with whiting okay they're a catch and they're something to keep you busy when there's nothing round in the other side of the camp is they are right pain in the rear and uh, nobody likes them you know and they keep nicking all your bait so um you know whatever camp you happen to be in i'm going to tell you how to catch them if you want to not that i really need to tell you how to catch them because anyone's ever been fishing in the late autumn early winter around the uk you're bound to have experienced catching one of these whiting the scientific name for them is malangius malangus also known as the pin whiting we tend to call them pin whiting when they're small and literally sometimes you wonder how the how they even get on your hook you know the fish are about three inches long and they're actually getting onto your big big hooks that you're using with big baits on it's almost a an acrobatic miracle how they get on your hooks but that's the way they are they're ferocious feeders they do grow up to 18 inches seven pounds uh, they can grow up to uh, but that is rare the uk shore caught average list for these is typically about a pound or less really the uk shore caught record off of the beaches has been four pound eight ounces now that is a nice whiting um i've never caught a whiting that big that's for sure i did catch a three pound pouting once which was another fish we'll look at as we go into the winter but certainly a whiting and all the whiting i've ever caught are about a pound two pound tops they're not a concern but they're everywhere there's so many of them a sustainable fish indeed they are trouble with whiting is they've never really been a good eating fish many people have tried i've tried myself um sometimes they kind of can't put them back and i've tried feeding them to me cats and not a people not even the cats like them but if you do get a big whiting and a whiting that you can get a fillet off of 
they are quite a delicate fish and if you cook it gently and flavour it a little bit they're widespread throughout the UK um, and Ireland uh, during the autumn and winter they tend to stay around right through the winter as well but die off as it gets into the sort of January February time is when they start going away so unfortunately or fortunately whichever way you look at it whiting are with us from now on or certainly in the next couple of weeks when they start showing in numbers they feed on anything that can be found basically scavengers they feed around the seabed on marine worms crustaceans shellfish whiting also will feed on small fish and um, some people go fishing for these on small lures just for the sport of it um, you have to be patient for that sort of fishing to catch a whiting on a lure but it can be done if you've got a sinking lure and it's a fairly small lure you might find that you can pick up a whiting and if you're fishing that way you never know you might pick up a late bass as well the upper jaw of the fish protrudes out slightly the back of the fish can be very brown or gray in color almost greenish as you go around the around the flanks into a pale sort of silvery white color on its underbelly they've got a high lateral line that curves upwards and the eyes are quite big considering the size of the fish quite a distinctive looking fish sort of fish you can pull in and as soon as you get it on the beach go oh here we go whiting because they're quite distinctive like all members of the cod family the whiting do have three dorsal fins as well it's a small fish they don't grow huge even in the big channel or channel whiting as we call them in the english channel uh, they get a bit bigger out there on the boats but the ones that come into the shore um, they're only ever about one pound a specimen of two pound really is a good catch from the beach if you're lucky enough to get one that big but what they lack in size they certainly make up for in numbers there's hundreds of them about uh, and they're very common around much of the UK and many anglers have been spared a blank fishing session because they've always got whiting and um, so if you're catching nothing else you're gonna get a whiting and that's where they come in to their own really if you're fishing on a beach in the autumn and it's quite chilly especially at night and there's a little bit of a frost as we go nearer to Christmas quite often the cod aren't showing or there's no coddling around the bass are sort of being slow if they're still there and whiting will always turn up trumps for you among winter flounders and some of the, the dab and bowl that might still be around highly unlikely that they hang around that long mostly in amongst the rocklings and in amongst the dogfish you're going to pick up whiting because whiting come in in huge numbers especially in the northeast and parts of Scotland they catch whiting all year round but certainly uh, in our part of the world down here where I am in the south bottom half of the country they're an autumn fish they are predominantly found in the North Sea although they can also present through North Atlantic and Norwegian seas as well and around the coast of Iceland because they're quite a cold water fish they do prefer that cold water um, but they can live equally quite well the cooler waters and the warmer waters of Portugal and around that area Area. some have even been caught in the black sea so they're a kind of adaptive fish but they seem to go on the feed and seem to invade our shores around about autumn so that's quite nice uh, but also they can be found across all sorts of seabeds doesn't really matter 
you know, whether you're fishing over rocks, over shingle, over mud, certainly the rivers and the estuaries around the River Medway, the Thames Estuary, full of whiting uh, in the next couple of weeks, certainly going to be lots of them around. And you can fish with two hooks for these, which we'll talk about a little bit later on and how to catch them. They're a perfect example of a fish, really, that's gone up in commercial value, actually, as the numbers of the more traditional fish like cod and haddock have gone down and people have got worried about them and they've gone on the protected list. A few years ago, it was very rare to see a whiting even being sold as a food fish. We all knew over the years catching whiting, having tried to cook them, uh, that they're not really worth it. It's quite a bony fish and there's not a lot to them. And the vast majority of whiting catches were always thrown back in the sea or used as fish meal. Or go, a lot of them do go into pet food as well. But today, whiting is quite common in fishmongers and the supermarket fish counters. Again, the bigger whiting, people tend to cook them whole, as they are quite a bony fish. They cook them whole, and you can get some of the, the meat off of these. But they're often found in frozen fish products as well, like fish cakes, uh, fish fingers sometimes as well. That's where they tend to go. With this in mind, it's important really to remember that whiting stocks are looked after in a way you know don't waste them if you do catch little ones do try and get them back because although there's hundreds and, and they're not endangered in any way it's quite easy for them to slip down and start hitting that threshold where they can get a little bit endangered as well um, which is never a good thing and you can always put back the white in that are not going to end up being eaten put them back because there's not much meat on these fish and if you're going to take loads of them it's not going to do the numbers of the whiting any good really so try not to uh, take them home if you don't have to and if they're a bit small they're fast growing fish actually they they reach six to seven inches uh, in one year so they really are quite everything they do is fast i mean they eat fast they grow fast they scavenge around the seabed fast the only thing they don't do really is give you much of a fight when you've got them on they do pull a bit and they do give you a little bit of a tug which can be fun if you've got two of them on it's good fun uh, it makes it a little bit more fun by their second year they uh, reach their sexual maturity it means that the whiting are common in numbers around the uk and the british isles this explains why they're seen as a commercially sustainable fish because there's so many of them they breed very fast and they grow very fast making them a little bit more sustainable than say perhaps a fish that grows slower commercially speaking they are getting quite popular these days again tv chefs have uh, picked up their brand a little bit with uh, the whiting and um, saying that it's a delicate fish and if you cook it properly it's quite a nice fish so that's helped them along their way but they travel around the, the shores in large loose shoals and they hunt for food uh, tending to stay in slightly deep water in the daytime but the night time they move in really close and again you really don't have to cast out very far with these hence why people always tend to have an experience of catching a whiting even if they're a novice angler or a new angler because you know the casts that don't go out very far quite often catch these whiting best time i've found for them is on a frosty day where the sun's just set just beginning to set and calm water sets upon us and they're the best time to get some nice whiting in and um, in the really choppy conditions you can still catch them but obviously it's difficult to see the bites and they tend to just be on there on your hook when you're really in rather than on the calmer nights and the bright moonlit starlit nights with a hint of frost perhaps and um, not much breeze you can see them bite and they tend to feed a lot better in that sort of condition as well 
Um, as I say, they are a shoal fish. Uh, they do compete aggressively with each other for food, though, often taking baits as soon as they hit the seabed. So, you know, you can cast out your lug and squid, which is one of their favourite baits, and before you even hit the bottom, you'll find you've got a whiting on there, and it's usually a small one, which are known as pin whiting, and they can often take your bait before it even hits the bottom. And then when you have got it out there, and you tighten up your line, start to watch your rod. Before you know it, you've got a little rattle on there, and it's a couple of little whiting which can be a bit frustrating because you reel in again unhook the whiting and so on and so forth and so it goes on but the bigger older whiting um, are out there and they can be up to six to eight years old by the time they get towards a pound and a half to two pound um, and they tend to separate from the shoal a little bit more when they get a bit older and a bit bigger and they become a solitary hunter that's when you tend to get the bigger whiting when there's not so many little whiting around and it's gone quiet the chances are you might come across one or two whiting that have sort of strayed from the shoal if you like um, that's where you might find you get the bigger whiting other than that it's a uh, potluck really Chuck it out, lug and squid. A lug tipped with squid is amazing. Um, that's their favourite bait. Just a full lugworm on the hook, um, tipped with a little bit of squid, which we'll tell you about how to catch them as we go on. But they always hunt around in the dark quite close in, so they're a good fish to catch for. And as I say, you know, really, you know, don't moan about them. I don't particularly moan about them because although they're a bit of a pain, it is better to catch some fish um, than none at all. They're not a difficult fish to catch. Um, how do we catch them? Well... It's easy. Go out in the autumn with a beach caster, put a lug and a squid on, cast it out about 60 to 80 yards in the dark, and you're bound to have a whiting or two. Simple as that. That's a simply way of saying it. In order to make it a little bit more attractive for the whiting, and you want to particularly target these, use 1 or 1 0 hooks as a hook size. One of the good rigs for these, as they feed on the bottom, is a two-hook flapping rig. There's no real need to be selective with bait. You know, you can fish with fish strip, squid, mackerel they quite like. They're unfussy feeders. They take ragworm, lugworm, mackerel baits, peeler crab they quite like, but don't waste your time and waste your money putting peeler crab on your hook if you're fishing for whiting, because they won't appreciate it, really. They'll have a mackerel strip as easy as they would a bit of crab so it's really no point in going over the top on these they're unfussy just put lug and squid on squid being one of the cheaper baits and quite often you know people fish with just squid strip uh, for these whiting and they're quite successful with it the addition of a lugworm obviously helps or addition of a ragworm tends to aid the catches a little bit but if they're out there you'll know it because they do start biting um, mussel baits are quite good but a bit fiddly again it's is it worth putting mussels on with the elasticated cotton for a whiting not really the two hook rig is one of your best i tend to go with this with two hooks come down from your shop leader uh, on your mainline shock leader put a swivel on that drop down about two inches from the swivel crimp either side of a small swivel uh 25 pound amnesia snoods are the best for these and they don't have to be long really and truly they feed off the bottom, so a short snood is what you need with these. No more than sort of six to eight inches on your snood will be plenty because, I say, not much spooks these, and it's not as if they're going to get spooked by your line. They're just so, they're so savage in what they eat uh, and so fast in what they get. They're not going to be bothered. So six to eight inch snoods. I'd leave it down a little bit to about a foot or so down, maybe 18 inches, 
before you put your second hook on a crimp and then a swivel and a crimp underneath it make sure that it rotates and tie the snood on can have a little bit of a longer snood on the bottom hook if you want I found really if you keep them the same length this tends to catch whiting just as well as you would if you put a long snood on as I say if your baits around or flopping around on the bed on the seabed then you're gonna get them the willingness of these little fish to snap at it can see that uh, anglers that are fishing for cod get frustrated because you know you'll get quite a big knock uh, on the bigger whiting you think blimey it's a cod or a codlin you're really in and sadly it's a whiting so the mindset of this really is to i think personally not to hate the whiting just uh bear in mind that my in my mind if there's whiting around in between that in between the whiting there's likely to be codling or cod which you might have a bonus catch as well um, but a lot of anglers tend to get really annoyed oh no another whiting especially when they're fishing for cod and they tend to call the whiting bait knickers these blimmin bait knickers nicking all my bait um the only way to stop this is to step up by stepping up your hook sizes to four o's and six o's when the only real option then is the hope that the smaller whiting can't get onto those big four o six o hook and if you want a codfish in amongst the whiting it might be the way to put bigger hooks on and bigger baits but what tends to happen if you leave any bait dangling down off of it even if you've got a big hook the whiting will be hammering that they'll be nibbling it and even if they don't get themselves caught um they're probably going to be nicking all your bait as well they're an aggressive little fish really it's a delicate fish as well which is quite strange in a way it has got some teeth uh they're not sharp uh, but they've got a set of dentures the whiting so you'll feel that when you go to get the hooks out of their mouth it's not gonna you know hurt you it's not gonna cut your finger or anything but uh you know on a cold evening if you're not quite prepared for it they have got teeth these little whiting as well it just helps them with their ferocious feeding they do when you unhook them maybe if you've got a pair of gloves unhook them gently and put them back rather than the actual using the hand because hot human hands apparently uh, after being in the cold water can shock them apparently and uh, they can die so if you've got gloves on or something you know if you're going to put them off take them off the hook put them back in straight away as well the likelihood is they'll have a better chance of surviving as i say baits lug squid mackerel if i'm whiting bashing as i call it i always use lug and squid okay and i try and put as big a bait as i can on a sort of one or one oh hook uh, with this two hook flapping rig uh, a simple running trace will do as well but you're limiting yourself to one hook then unless you put a two hook running trace on which i was talking about the other week i find that quite good but really um if you're going to go for whiting in the hope of getting a cod as well these two hook flapper rigs will certainly do the trick so happy hunting uh, you will catch them no doubt about that just hope you get a good uh, amount of them in an evening and some of them are bigger than these little pin whiting and that is the love or hate of the humble whiting on your species for this week on the rodcast well that's all we've got time for on this week's edition of the rodcast in these autumn blustery winter no petrol no diesel days i hear you cry um i hope you can go out and either hate or love the whiting that's <laughs> you can't avoid them so what can you do you might as well like them hope you can get some whiting in fact i don't really need to say i hope you get some because you're bound to catch some and uh do try those rod lights the uh, rod tips uh, lights that we spoke about i love them i'm half blind so i can't really 
fish without them but uh, there you go not everybody's cup of tea but uh, I love them so join us again next week on the Rodcast don't forget we're out every Thursday on your usual platforms and tell your mates to make a date with the Rodcast we